Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is, if you died tomorrow, what would you be most proud of? Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the hopefully still very alive, over there in America, TB Markinson. Hello, TB. Still alive? Well, I am at the moment, but I mean, this episode comes out on the 23rd, so who knows? Mm. We don't know what's going to happen. No. Hopefully, I'll still be kicking. Otherwise, <laughs> there won't be an episode. <laughs> no, there will be. We're recording early. It's fine. But I uploaded. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's going on over here? Um, I have an announcement. Girl Love Happens Season 3 is actually available for pre-order now, and it will release on the 27th. So this episode is being released on the 23rd, so if you can't wait until the 27th, you can pre-order it today. I have to admit, it is a huge, 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 huge relief to get this one out the door. Uh, Girl Love Happened fans are loyal and understanding. There's been a lot of bumps on the road with this publication. I did everything wrong the first time around. I'm trying to correct everything now that I've done wrong, and now I'm doing other stuff wrong. I just know it. But um, I've just spent like an entire day taking down the individual episodes, putting up the new covers, putting up the new blurbs, uh, unpublishing the paperbacks because I have to change the paperbacks. And when you make a major change to the paperback, you have to get a new ISBN. And wouldn't you know it? So there's three uh, seasons now. There's season one, two, and three. And I uploaded... I changed the editions for season one first, and then I took care of season three because I needed to get the buy link to put in the back of season two, so I had to do it out of order. Then I uploaded season two last. Season two went live first. Season three went live. And season four, more than 24 hours later, is still not processed. And so when you go, all the covers are all just fucked up everywhere. (laughs) I'm like, you know, there's those times where, like, you do upload early when you have, like, a set release date, and, like, you're like, okay, this is the time where I want Amazon to take that full 72 hours. I don't want it to appear on Amazon right now, and then, like, 60 minutes later, you get the email saying the book's live, and you're like, motherfucker, this is the time you're quick. Now, this time, I actually wanted it all to go quickly. No. No. I got the big middle finger. Like... The first one is still hung up. I don't understand. Yeah, but, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, TV, everything will come out in the wash, you know? Well, I hope so, anyway. I hope so, otherwise there's a major problem. <laughs> All right, so um, in other news, um, the iHeart Lesbic team, uh, we're busy little bees on this side. We're doing uh, some new features. One of them, I, I think, guys... I announced a couple weeks ago where we're putting together a big reading challenge for 2022, but we're also releasing, hopefully soonish. Um, we have to, you know, get the information out there for authors and readers to participate. But we want to start doing uh, a post that's uh, like Friday feels, because you know that Friday feel. I was, I came up with this idea 
recently because I was out on my, one of my walks and it was a Friday. Now, since I now work for myself, Fridays don't have that same feeling they did when I worked in an office. When I used to have a Monday to Friday job because Friday afternoon, Friday and afternoon hit and you just got that feeling of, oh, I get two days off. I don't have to think about this work. I don't have to come to this place. But I work in my own home now and I'm my own boss and um, it's not so easy to check out. So I was like, yeah, I want to I recapture the feeling of that, of what it feels like to be Friday. So I've come up with something on IHL that we're going to launch and it will have five sections. The first section will be the three most clicked books uh, for the week. So this is another way to get uh, book covers and blurbs of new releases out in front of the readers. It's another way for me to help authors with their new releases. Um, hopefully we'll be featuring like three free books. I'll have to ask authors to submit free books. It could be perma-free books or on Amazon, but it's not like a newsletter building exercise. So there's that. And also I want like song suggestions that uh, from authors and readers that make them feel or think of Friday and have that weekend feeling. Uh, one of my favorite Friday songs is Dock of the Bay. I love that song. It always relaxes me. I can listen to it on repeat. It just makes you want to just sit there and stare. And that's what Friday evening is like for me. Sit and stare. <laughs> and then, um, I don't want to come for a Friday at your house, TB. Are we just going to sit and stare? Well, there's probably, well, like if you're, you know, listening to the song and you're sitting, you're pretending sitting and staring at the ocean, there's probably like a gin and tonic okay. and offer. There's probably music playing. Okay. Now, can we have some, like, nice fancy crisps as well? You're pushing it. You're pushing it. You it's, had to go one step too far. It's Friday. <laughs> And then another section is, um, I just want uh, authors and readers to like share a piece of advice that they have been told at some point in their life that has greatly impacted them. And then to round it out, authors and readers can submit uh, pet photos and we'll have a pet of the week. So we wanted to think of a way to help with new releases, with the free books, we're hoping to get like new books on the readers' hands for that Friday evening when they're listening to their song and sitting and staring and everything but we also wanted a way to get readers involved so they can suggest like song titles and share pet photos and stuff like that so nice it's something we're organizing so it will take some work on our end but um i think it would be kind of a fun fun feeling i miss that friday feeling and i want people to help me capture it i need friday songs to listen to so i can psych myself into that friday feeling do you want me to give you a song Friday song. What is it? But you will have to fill out a form. There's going to be a form. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't fill out forms. But you know, obviously, Friday I'm in love. The Cure. Oh, The Cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. The, the one, the one that popped to my head, and it won't be a, it won't be a popular one, but but it's by Cud. Rich and Strange by Cud. That is always the song. You know, like you have songs that take you back to a certain time in your life, and that song always takes me back to being at university and getting ready to go out on a Friday night. Rich and Straight by CUD, C-U-D? C-U-D. I'll, I'll have to stream that after we're done. Okay. But, um, and in other news, I have I have some sad news. So I had some big news with Girl Love Happens, and now I have some sad news. My vacation is over. I hate that feeling. It always takes me a while to get into the vacation mood where you don't feel like you... 
in the first few days, you feel like you constantly have to be doing something. You're supposed to be taking stuff off that to-do list. And then finally, when you get into the vacation mode, it's over. And then you don't want to come back. Vacations are cruel sometimes. Now I have to get back to work and it's sad. It is sad, but all good things come to an end. But there will be good but things. Why? But why? <laughs> but there will be good things, new good things in your future on the horizon. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to need a lot of Friday feeling songs, people, to get me through this. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's what's going on here. How about you? Over here, I am continuing uh, on with my new book. It's hopefully going to be out to the editor fairly soon. So, that's exciting. It's also, it's 23rd of August. It's nearly the end of summer. It's kind of weird, isn't it? This year, kind of like it sort of dragged and then July and August seemed to whiz by. For me, anyway. We're heading into autumn, which is always an exciting time. It's my birthday and we might even be able to go away for a holiday at some point. Who knows? Depends if, uh, you know, we're opening up to visitors, but nobody wants us. <laughs> so let's see if any uh, restrictions change. <laughs> Can you not travel anywhere now outside of the UK? You can travel to certain places, but a lot of uh, European countries want you to uh, isolate for five days. So then if you're only going away for a week, it's not really worth going anywhere. Yeah. So but your numbers are your numbers are turning around though. So they are. So hopefully they'll they'll keep going down. Uh, and then, you know, th these restrictions, uh, they change every few weeks. So hopefully uh, I might be able to go away in September, October, which would be very exciting. The other exciting thing that happened this week is I had, it's always exciting when you sell different formats in different countries that you haven't sold in before. So over on Kobo, uh, somebody, I assume somebody, in Thailand bought quite a few of my books on Kobo, which is nice. <laughs> and Kobo does, you see, it reaches uh, countries that Amazon does not go into. So I've sold in all um, kinds of countries that I've never even heard of. Obviously I've heard of Thailand, I've been to Thailand many times, but it's nice to think that there's people in Thailand over there in the in the heat reading my book and eating delicious thai food also in hungary and poland um print books got ordered like from Hung hungarian and polish bookshops which is nice you know considering that uh you know all those draconian uh, lgbt laws are coming in in those countries uh, the people there are still ordering queer romances so hurrah for them uh, the other thing I've been doing this week is I have finished Feel Good Season 2 on Netflix. Um, have you seen Feel Good? I thought you were saying it's a feel good show. So that Feel Good is the title? Feel Good is the title. Am I going to like, am I going to lose more points saying I, I've never even heard of this? Is this like the Doris Day and Calamity Jane issue? I don't think it's that. I don't think it's exactly that. I mean, it is a queer show um, and it does have um, bisexual, two bisexual women in the leads. Uh, in the, as the, as a couple, um, but it deals with addiction and mental health uh, as well, and it's it's very good. It's very quite sort of um, cutting edge, I'd say, and it's different from anything else out there. The, the one of the leads is a comedian, um, and she is a comedian in real life, and has written um, this whole series. So it's really good. Um, I I really enjoyed the first series. The second series is just as good. Is it a British show? Yeah. Uh, Who's the comedian? The comedian's Mae Martin. She's actually Canadian, but she lives in the UK, I think. It's, it's different from anything else that's out there. Uh, the seasons are only short. We, we actually rinsed the season in, in a night. <laughs> uh, there's six episodes, and, and they're only 20, 22 minutes long. So, you know, we watched a whole season in like two and a half hours. So, um, yeah, but it was on initially on Channel 4, I think. Now it's on Netflix, so feel good. 
recommended. And the other thing, obviously we're into August and the football season has restarted. And so now I have high hopes for Tottenham all over again. And I'm going to be disappointed all over again on ITB. They're leading up to the season and there's already high drama with Harry Kane. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? I don't know. By the time this podcast comes out, who knows? But I think he'll go before the season starts. It, what, what was the reason he wanted to leave? Just because Tottenham can't get their act together? I know because they've gone through some coaches recently and there's been some turmoil in the, the locker room from the, what I've read. The locker room? The reason he wants to leave is because he wants to win something. Very squarey. It's got to be hard because especially I know they, I mean, they hired Marino and I remember even with the limited knowledge I have when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's not going to work out. Like, I mean, he just kind of burns things to the ground, doesn't he? And and lo, it came to pass that he burnt us to the ground and then swanned (laughs) off into the sunset with all the money. Anyway, enough about Tottenham. Um, You know, we'll we'll win some, we'll lose some and, and ever, ever, ever it was thus. What you got on comments, comment monitor? First up, we have S.W. Anderson, a fellow lesbic author. Another great episode. Unfortunately, I don't remember which episode she was referring to. S.W. also said Easy A was a hilarious movie, because I think you suggested that to me yes. when I was talking about um, Booksmart. So, oh, this was on the translations episode, because um, S.W., like you, was also looking to get into translations, so that she uh, S.W. said the episode was very helpful. Good. So. Give yourself a pat on the back because I just uh, get my mouth shut on that one. <laughs> and then we have a comment on Twitter from Candice who um, appreciated the, the uh, dive I did into Ken Devella weighing the pros and cons uh, and trying to in, uh, explain what Ken Devella is since it's so new. And I still don't think Amazon has actually officially launched Kindle Vella. They're doing the soft launch now. So I think it's still right now. It uh, only available in the U.S. and they haven't really pushed it out to their readers or their email. I'm assuming they have a massive email list. And then uh, Candace also said Claire's book, Big London Dreams, is being launched in a toot toot. You got a toot toot from Candace. Oh, thanks, Candace. Toot toot. Um, yes, thank you very much. You know, I, I heard someone on the street uh, saying toot toot the other day, and I thought, has our reach stretched out that wide? But apparently, other people say it as well. TV, not just not just us. Can we can we trademark it? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's out there. The the tooting Sorry. is already the tooting is already out there. What were some of the words like authors were trying to trademark in the romance? Like they were trying to trademark like like really common words. A uh, cocky, a mainstream romance author who had a series called um, the Cocky Firefighters and the Cocky Billionaire and the she was trying to trademark the word cocky. Uh, I don't think that was going to work. But um, good try. But um, go to the back of the class. Yes. Can you imagine tell, like the judgment? Like no one in the world can use the word cocky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to trademark the word lesbian. Okay. Right. So uh, as for me, I I have a comment uh, from I have a comment TV. How exciting. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> from Marita, who wrote to me saying um, she was listening to episode one two three, and. She heard me talking about the new cover for the long weekend. So she Googled the title to see, to see what the new cover looked like. Um, and it took her to Goodreads. And she, she just messaged me to say the old covers are still there. So that's just another thing um, for you to do. This kind of ties into, you know, what you were saying about Girl Love Happens, right? Like, anytime you change a cover for a book, 
there's always your old covers out there and you can't get rid of them and it's just it's just something that you have to live with really uh, so I did write back and say thank you Marita um I I I am kind of aware of this I will upload the new cover but you know basically a lot of these books uh, I'm not a super active user of Goodreads so I don't put the books on there other people do like you know um, people who want to leave the reviews they go and get the cover from my website and then they put it up The Long Weekend has got it's on its third cover um, now and it's got the first two up there um, I must put the third one up doesn't it just populate now when you upload to uh, KDP because Amazon now owns Goodreads no I know this because Big London Dreams, um, I had a placeholder cover on my website um, and I had a, and, and I never uploaded um, a cover, that cover to Amazon yet. That cover was uploaded to Goodreads. Interesting, because I know like when I upload to Amazon, when I go to grab the Goodreads link for my art team, it's already there almost immediately. Right. I know I know people can add a cover and add a book, but sometimes it creates uh, more than two. Mm. So then you get reviews on both pages, so it doesn't line up exactly. Yeah, um, yeah that's on my list because I just changed all my Girl of Happens covers, so I have uh, Contact BookBub to let them know about the new covers and Contact Goodreads to let them know about the new covers. <laughs> Could you let them know about my new covers as well? <laughs> I'll try. So yeah, so thank you for uh, the email, Marita. But uh, yeah, this is just like one of those endless admin tasks that, and sometimes I just have to step back and go, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep. Um, I will try and. Um, I did try and change that Big London Dreams cover. I uploaded the the proper one, but they kind of said, uh, you can't do it. You have to get in touch with the librarian. Well, and they won't take that one down. So, oh, you know, it's so the placeholder they think is the real one. Yeah, and it's almost the same, but it's just not quite the same. The Goodreads uh, librarians, they're pretty quick, though. They're pretty helpful. But yeah, I've done it many times because, I mean, books get recovered constantly because you want to keep stuff fresh. So we're constantly changing things. Yep, yep, we are. <laughs> ah, covers. Right then, let's crash on, crash on to the topic at hand, which is it's more a whimsical one. So if you died tomorrow, TB, things would you be most proud of? Do you see I've added in things? Uh, so what things would you be most proud of? So when, this, when I started pondering this question, three things immediately came to mind. So the first one is hitting the publish button on my very first book, A Woman Lost. And let me explain why. I know I'm an author, so this shouldn't be like, <laughs> this shouldn't be like, wow, she published a book. Good job. That's what your job is. But I had my very first book, A Woman Lost, ready for at least a month before I actually published it. And I would sit down at my desk and bring it all up and I would start, you know, the process and then I would freeze. <laughs> I wouldn't finish publishing the book. And so um, it just really, really scared me. It really did. And it took me a very long time and finally I can't remember what actually got me to that point. But I finally just woke up and I was like, all right, today's the day. I'm going to go hit fucking that publish button. I did. I finally did it. And it, I think it went live like July 13th. Uh, so that was one of the first things. Now I still, when I publish a book, even when I'm publishing a box set of like three books that have previously been published, I still freeze when I have to hit that publish button. I do this constantly. I think it was last year 
Miranda McLeod, who is uh, one of my co-authors, I think she was on the phone with me for an hour trying to coax me to hit that publish button. And I was just, I kept offering reasons why I shouldn't. I don't know if it, what if it's not ready? What if, what if, you know, and I already had gotten art comments and everything, but I still try to talk myself out of this every single time. So hitting it the very first time is what I'm proud of. And I also hate it because I still have to do it. So I kind of like boxed myself into this career where I have to go through this anguish whenever I publish a book. And I still go through so much emotional turmoil when I do it every single time. Uh, yeah, I, I think it doesn't get any easier, as I think we've said in, in the past. And it was weird for me, actually, uh, with this latest book, Big Long Dreams, because it was on pre-order. So basically, you kind of push the button early right and but then you constantly get these uh, update reminders from amazon it's like thanks for uploading your pre-order are you sure it's the right one basically and it's just like oh god i don't know is it is it and uh, I, I so wanted to unpublish and republish and then i was just like no just just walk away step away so amazon actually adds to i know you've got a pre-order um com coming this week Amazon adds to the anguish of the publish button. I think I think I was more anguished about pressing the pre-order button <laughs> than the normal publish button. Do you have more than one thing that you're proud of? Uh, I do, yeah. Do you want to go with one of yours? Do we want to go back and forth? I went really deep. So I, I've, I've gone with my friendships. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've had a lot of friends uh, in my life who are um, have been with me a very long time. You know, some of them since I was like, a wee tiny little knee high to a grasshopper type person. Some pe some friends were in my life just for a, a certain amount of time. Some friends um, come in and out of my life, um, and some friends uh, I've made in the past decade. But you know, friendships by me are never taken for granted. Um, I nurture them and I work at them. I love the constant they provide. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the the things I'm most proud of, and I think sort of my friendships and and my marriage probably fall into the same category for the same reasons. I'm getting really deep here, aren't I? I was trying not to be this deep. I was trying to think of something funny, but you know, I suppose if I did die tomorrow, those are the things that I would be really proud of. <laughs> it's kind of a hard question to be like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have so much fun with this <laughs> So I had three things, but two of them, okay, so like, my marriage is one as well, because it's a, you know, it's a constant in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to, oh God, I, I hate being gushy. But I, I suppose whatever goes right or wrong in any other part of my life, my wife and my friends are always there for me. And whatever else I do, that's the foundation that everything else is built on. Obviously my family get into that, but you know, you don't choose your family, do you? You choose your wife and you choose your friends. So I'm proud of, I'm proud of, <laughs> I mean, my family, yeah, you know, they're all right, but they're just there. I, you know, they're just constantly there. Whereas my, my wife and my friends, um, you know, I had some, cho I had some choice in that matter and, and I, I value them more than anything else. Is this you trying to make up for forgetting to thank your wife when you won your Goldie? <laughs> yeah. So many people went into this really deep thing about, you know, their wife and everything she does and you know my wife does do a lot for me and she is my biggest cheerleader um but she didn't get she didn't get a thank you so um yeah all right so for my second one i see you went you went profound i did and i went for fears okay so my second one is oddly enough doing this podcast and let me explain why oh i didn't expect this interesting 
I am insanely shy. Like, insanely shy. Uh, for many years, my shyness was completely paralyzing. Um, if a teacher asked someone to read something, to volunteer to read something, I would literally hide under my desk. And so in the fifth grade, I had a teacher who was not known for being a kind woman. Um, she scared the crap out of most of us. But she helped me that year because uh, she, on our very first day of class, she had us write down our names on an index card. And then she put those cards in a box on her desk. And then every day, she would pull out a card from that. And whoever whoever's name was on the card had to read aloud. This fucking terrified me every single day. It was hard to go to school every single day. So this is when I started my habit of hiding under my desk because I figured she wouldn't remember attendance from like two hours earlier. And so if she pulled out my name and then like I wasn't in sight, she'd be like, oh, TB's not here today. <laughs> and not like look under my desk. But I think she realized how traumatic this was. I think she saw me and I kept hitting my head on my desk too. I was causing injuries to my head, hiding under my desk. And so every day, my name was not called. I think she literally took my name out of the box and never actually risked pulling my card because I was just so traumatized. In college, I still had this fear. I ended up taking a year of French so I could skip speech class. That was the only way to get around speech class. I had to take an entire year of French just so I didn't have to give six speeches in a class and that I didn't do the calculation that in French you have to speak every day in French. <laughs> So I ended up torturing myself in the long run on that one. I didn't. I didn't do the uh, thinking on that. And I know podcasting is a bit different. Um, not giving a speech. Um, recording with a good friend. But I. I will admit, every time we do record, it drains me because I have to get outside of that shyness. I have to do mental gymnastics to convince myself that no one is actually listening to us right now. I have to do this with my writing, and I have to do this with the podcast. I have to be like. This doesn't matter. No one's ever going to see it or no one's ever going to hear it. And then when I do the comments, I'm like, oh, people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have to prepare my shyness. Um, yeah, it, it's always been an issue with me. And so when you when you said, let's do a podcast together, I, my first thought was like, how am I going to do that? But I was like, well, this is a great opportunity. I should do it. But um, yeah, it was. it's one of those things I have to conquer. Mm. I like to set myself up for things that I might fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, which is always a good thing, right? And it's difficult to do. It's where growth happens, TB. My God, we're getting deep, deep and meaningful today, aren't we? Um, All right, so hit me with one of yours. Well, I've only got one more because I sort of, sort of combined uh, my wife and my friendships into number one. But without my wife and without my friendships, I wouldn't be able to do uh, the other thing that I'm most proud of, which which is my career and this this current career. I've had many. I've had a few careers in my life. This one is the one I'm most proud of, and there are two elements to it, I suppose. So, uh, the first one is obviously writing the book. So when I was you know when I was young, I could never have imagined uh, being a lesbian romance author. Did they exist? I didn't realise they existed. And when I found them, um, they were all American, so I didn't think that I could do it. Um, but I can, and, and I can do them, and I can set them in London, so hooray. Uh, but, you know, just writing the books and seeing the reaction to them um, is is fabulous. And I, 
weirdly I'd say the the one I've just brought out Big London Dreams is probably one I'm probably one of the ones I'm the very most proud of uh, you're always proud of your first one right like you said for the for getting it out there um, so I'm very proud of, of the first one but I'm really proud of the last one I I published because it's a bit different it's historical romance and it's got a lot of a lot of sort of my heart in it so yeah I'm really proud of that one but I'm just proud of all my books and I'm proud of the impact that they've had on the world that sounds very big I am isn't it but you know what I mean like the reaction you uh, people have to them but the other bit of it that I'm proud of and there is a thing a little probably a little bit like podcasting for you is that it was outside my comfort zone completely which this whole writing business is and it still is all the time is the business side of things so I never ever thought that I'd be running my own business um, and I always looked at people who ran their own businesses and thought oh that seems cool and I'd love to be my own boss um, and as we've said before there are pluses and minuses to being your own boss but I do love it and I, and I love I love looking at spreadsheets now and I love uh, you know looking at my finances and I love just thinking, organising schedules. I mean, I always was Miss Organisey Bossy in all my other jobs. So, you know, I just get to boss myself around now. So that's all right. But, um, you know, I love, I love, just love the process and I love organising everything um, and just being in business. Being in business is just talking to other people and having good relationships with them and being nice to people, hopefully. So, um, yeah, I, I really like the business side of it and that's something I never thought would happen. I never thought when I started uh, thinking seriously about becoming an indie author just how many spreadsheets were actually involved. Oh, a in this lot. Business. There's a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> People think that we just write, but actually the writing bit is kind of like third of it. The rest of it is just trying to get your cover change on Goodreads and looking at spreadsheets and trying to upload something to some site somewhere in the world and thinking, why won't it upload? Yeah, I mean, coming out of the like the um, history and political science academia academia um i didn't do a lot of spreadsheets so when i first started my business my partner who is like a spreadsheet whiz i was like can you help me set up a spreadsheet and she's like okay where's your base level i was like i don't even know where how to open one she was like oh god (laughs) so she set up a lot of my spreadsheets so you know she has like the the formulas and everything it's really brilliant i'm like that's amazing i don't know you could do that she's like i do this every day all day but um yeah i wasn't I didn't know spreadsheets were going to be a huge part of my um, mm. big chunk of my life because mm. I started publishing when I was, what, 39? And then hopefully my career keeps going for a while. It's a lot of spreadsheets. My final thing I'm most proud of, um, and I have to admit, this thing I'm most proud of, um, if I did this in my early 20s, I wouldn't have been as in, uh, impressed. <laughs> but when I attempted this when I was uh, 39, this is the same year I actually published as well. 39 was a big year for me. I climbed uh, Mount Kinabalu in Malaysia, and I was not in great shape. Um, I probably shouldn't have attempted the goddamn thing. It nearly killed me. A day and a half of climbing Mount Kinabalu, because you climb the first day you climb up to base camp. The second day you wake up at 1 in the morning to start your climb. So you get the headlamps on, and you get all of uh, the warm stuff on, because it gets very cold overnight and um, rainy. And then you attempt to reach the summit by sunrise. And um, just the first day, just getting the base camp, it was a struggle. I was, as I mentioned, I did not train well. I was training in London, and um, London doesn't have a lot of hills, let alone mountains. 
So we were using uh, machines in the gym, but um, I was not in the best of shape. I should have taken it a bit more seriously. It was also the first time I ever experienced altitude sickness. As a kid, um, I always spent a lot of time in the Rocky Mountains. You're high up. You're no, you're nowhere near uh, sea level. And I remember that second day trying to reach the summit. Our guide was walking along my side and just kept saying, one step at a time. I was not feeling well. I was dizzy. My head hurt. Um, my legs were killing me. Um, but he just kept saying, one step at a time, one step at a time. And lo and behold, I actually made it not only to the summit, but I made it in time for the sunrise. Not a lot of people who attempted that, um, they were arriving well after because it is, it's a hard one. Like when we got down, like with the people that, uh, we trekked with, <laughs> this one girl turned to me as soon as we got back to the safety of the base camp and she was like, we could die out here. Why did we sign up for this? You could die. There was like literally one point of that morning where I was hanging on a rope, edging along a, a, a little ledge in darkness. And the guy just kept saying, don't look down. And it wasn't like I did, but it was like two in the morning. So it was just, just a lot of blackness. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm gonna die. And I remember someone wobbled on that rope. I remember that feeling when it did wobble because I clenched even tighter and my, uh, all my knuckles got scraped like there was no skin left. But you don't want to let go because there's that big black hole underneath you. Now when I struggle with things, I remember my guide. He was the kindest man. I was in such a bad mood those day, that day and a half. I really feel terrible. He was such a kind man. And I remember his voice one step at a time in my head. And it's actually one of the things that helped me publish A Woman Lost because I did this before I published. If you think about it, every, every aspect of your life when it gets hard, you can just take a step back and just remember one step at a time, you'll conquer anything. And I conquered a mountain, and it's how I conquer my writing career. Wow, mic drop. I, it's, it's attached, so I can't. <laughs> Give me a second. Well, wise words to finish off on there. So let us know, uh, what, what are you most proud of uh, in your life? And if you died tomorrow, what would it be? Yeah, you just reminded me, actually. I, I guess uh, I was also very proud. When, when I, I've never climbed a mountain, but I did run a 10K. And I never thought, I'm not a runner, so I never thought I would do that. And I remember everyone said to me after that, oh, you'll get the running bug and you'll run a marathon. And I was categorical and I said, no, no, 10K is fine. I like my knees. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> I did you actually do it. Push yourself on everything. Yeah, no. You know, I knew my limits. I ran a 10K. I ran it under a minute and I was happy. Let's leave it at that, yeah? Got a medal, got yeah. a banana bagel. Happy, proud. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not signing up for... Uh... <laughs> Like Mount Everest now. No. I'm, I'm good. I, yeah. got my, I got my one, which is nowhere near Mount Everest height, but I got one. Good. Get outside your comfort zone, but also know your limits. All right, let us know um, what you're most proud of. Um, you can do that. Leave a comment on the website, lesbiansyourwrite.com. Email us, lesbiansyourwrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us at Les Who Write or Instagram me. And if you love what we do, do jump over to our um, website and buy us a coffee just to help out with all the website and podcast costs. And join us next time when we will be discussing something else huge and important. Right, TB? Well, I feel like we have to like top like if you're going to die, what's your problem? <laughs> I mean, I got her out the game now. Yeah. <laughs> 
every every week we're going to offer more profound chisel. All right, until All then, right. keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Thank you.